Well, how was your day? Um, it was really pretty good because the moment I woke up, it was like, don't do anything. Don't do anything. That was my, um, feelings, messages that I was getting, like, don't engage with the world. Oh, like what? I'm supposed to do work today. Mm. And uh, I ignored it and I did work and it was fine. So, so far, so good. But I think think there's a time and a place for that. Yeah. Um, Like for me, I, you know, I work, well, I get up at four. And then I usually get home at five, sometimes earlier. And then, you know, there's, there's stuff to do when I get home. But the point is, is that I get up and go to work. Right, right. Well, you know, I have other options. Cause... Yeah, that's, that's, I think, is what's different between being <laughs> employed and working for the man. <laughs> It, it is it is so that's a that's a funny thing like when I first started my self-employment journey I was very I found it very exciting to like have the option to just not do things that I should do <laughs> and then um, at the same time it was frightening because um, you could very easily fall into doing nothing ever a negative time in... and you could end up broke and failing well i i think what you're describing is procrastination yes yes yeah. yeah. i don't really get to because of my job but like I have Thursday and Friday off and I, I took those days off and I call them me days and they're That's days good. where I don't do anything but cook and have wine and watch movies or just do whatever the hell I want. And Ashley and I have kind of, cause she gets them too. But it's spontaneous for her. I got to be careful because I can't just call in. I have to like these things. But okay, I missed that because James was calling me. So you have those two days, and you and Ashley were talking about. That's where. Yeah, well, they're me days. That's I schedule them in advance. You know, we have our vacations we take together. Because we spend a lot of we spend a lot of time together. It's like we both go to our respective jobs, and then we come home, and it's just like lately, it's it's just been the same freaking routine. Is and mm. I'm not saying this in a negative way, but I am. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it gets old, right? Cooking, cleaning, and it's just the two of us. We don't, you know, I'm a, we're empty nesters and the girls are off doing their things. They're not calling me, which means they don't need me. 
which also feels weird. Yeah, because I'm used to Kalika, you know, because I always answer the phone for them. I mean, and I, it pisses Ashley off because we'll be right in the middle of a really good crime documentary or something. The phone rings and I look at her and I just pick up and she just sighs. But I said, no, that's as long as I'm alive. That's my job is to pick up when they call. And sometimes it's it's frustrating because like Kaylee, because she'll just want to talk for an hour and a half. Perfect. Uh-huh. Which is fine. It's 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 still good stuff, but but the routine of everything and then just to have a me day, but I have Okay, to... hold on on your me days, which I applaud you for scheduling. That's yeah. wonderful and yeah. super important. Most people don't do that, and that's absolutely necessary for yeah. our sanity. But um do you pick up the phone on those days? Oh, if if the girls call? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, I pick it up on vacation. There's okay. rarely a time I won't pick the phone up. Well, does that feel nourishing to you on those days? It makes me feel like I'm there for them. So it gives me purpose. But does it? make you feel relaxed oh god oh god no is there resentment sometimes Hmm. on your me time when you gotta do that yeah but it's it's rare they do but and the nice thing is kaylika will only call well it used to be it used to be she only called for emergencies right otherwise call over text because my job if she calls me at work I can't always pick up yeah because I can't be on the phone and do my job right but um yeah that's kind of gotten a little laxed I suppose at home so but no no it my no my anxiety will there was a time she called we were on vacation in San Diego and Kalika called, she had some issue, and it it made me so anxious that I had to go in the bathroom, I had diarrhea. <laughs> it was just, she finally said, you know what, your dad's in the bathroom, he's having stomach issues, is there any way we can do this tomorrow? Or when we yeah. get, is there anything I can do? And she, that was, that was rare, that was like a one-time thing. But. Well, do you think that your reaction at that time had more to do with you and the way you were handling what was being said or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, how many years do you think have passed and how would you feel differently or react differently? Like, compared to then and now well i still pick up the phone um what i'm trying to do oh so yes i have done some self-work um i'm learning that her problems aren't my problems her problems are her her problems i can facilitate 
either a solution or some sort of help, but in the end, it's, you know, they're her problems, but I second guess myself because she's a single parent and she's alone. Right. And sometimes I feel guilty that, you know, even at 46, like I have this, what I consider really great life. And, but that, you know, it took a lot of work to get to where I am. But if she calls with, with an issue, I feel, I would feel guilty not helping because I think I, like, I owe it to her to help, I guess. Mm. Like, Mm. I'm not, I'm not crunching numbers or I'm not working on a project or I'm building something or I'm in the middle of tearing a car apart or something like that, you know, just, it's like, we'll, we'll either be cooking dinner, which I pick up. I've, I've had to learn that if she calls while we're making dinner, I need to tell her, is everything okay? Blah, blah, blah. We're really in the middle of making dinner because we cook pretty much every meal at night at home. So give me an hour and I'll call you back. And is she good with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, I think she's, she's lonely. Like, okay. A kid does well by herself, just like I do. Like, I'm okay being alone. I like being alone sometimes. Yeah, me too. But Keelik is wired different. I think she's got more of, well, obviously she does have more of her mom in her. So. I think Charlie's like that. Charlie seems very, and that's what Ashley said. Ashley's like. She needs a lot of social interaction. Very independent. Makes her own plans. Oh, yeah. And. But she does want a lot of social interaction. like, And that's Kalika. Kalika wants it, but she's tied because single mom, four-year-old. Yeah. And then if you start hanging out with other parents and their four-year-olds, it's just... Oh, my goodness. You know, There's you, all that. You get the creepy, you know, husband of, you know, a friend that she likes that it starts putting moves on and it, it turns into like this whole and then who wants to hang out with a bunch of other four-year-olds she gets enough of it <laughs> yeah I mean usually when we get our kids we think as moms that we are going to get together with our friend and our kids are going to hang out and they're going to distract each other no and instead what happens is they fight and we have to play a referee and then we have to decide whether the moms are going to be upset at each other about the way our kids are treating each other and i mean i generally don't engage with that but but the other moms have sometimes in the past where like there's all this judgment all of a sudden like oh my god your child is like this and i'm like oh my child is a child they're not um, domesticated yet. 
we're still in the process of turning them into a compliant cow. So they might have said something mean to your child. And I'm so sorry that uh, they were offended, but we're, we're all still working through that. And that doesn't always go over well. Oh, no. I mean, I don't usually put it like that, but that's how I feel. That's what I'm thinking. It's just like, really? Yeah, they're they're monsters. They're children. They're animals. And they're going to be mean to each other because that is animal instinct nature to survive and to want the toy and to want it all for yourself. Mm-hmm. I worry about Grayson with that because as a single child, he's the focus of his mom's attention. And then we're th- when we're there, you know, I try to construct the day's activities around A, how can we entertain him? And then B, how do we wear him out? And then C, <laughs> what can we do to help mom, which is... Kilika, and then it's like I come up with this formula of okay, we're gonna take him to the park, and we're gonna have him ride the train, and we're gonna exhaust him, and we're gonna do this, and then while we're heading back home, he'll fall asleep in the car, and then Ashley goes in with Kilika, and they do shopping, and you know, it just it's it's hard. It's just I. It's not so much hard, it's just different because she can't help her circumstances being a single mom because it is what it is. And it is for the better. But Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, like you were saying, with every kid is developing at a at a different pace and for one kid to develop at a certain pace and a mom expects other kids to do that then that becomes a toxic environment. It does. And it is so prevalent. So common. Instead of like hippie retreat where everyone goes and, you know, we all eat fruit and, (laughs) you know. Yeah. There's just all this, all this fear and judgment. Oh, my, my child has been negatively impacted by your child. And it's like, well, um both ways you know that's that's gonna keep happening yeah they got a crap story coming because we we've and i don't know if it's i think obviously covid has has had a lot to do with how people i've seen it just on my routes on how people have reacted to to the past it's worse but it it was it was still always that way i mean but it, yeah it just pushed it it i i don't know it's just mm, i almost said different areas different um perceptions but not not so actually um with so many more people down here in southern california you just don't engage with those people in Tahoe. Like I have 
close friends who are amazing and who understand that people and children are animals and that we're all learning. And then we have the ones that are like virtue signaling and who mm. are, all who true. are like, oh my God, we all need to be so loving and kind and we can't judge. And it's like, right, that's the goal. But you've never been in a situation where you needed to judge somebody for your own safety. So you can't understand how a person who has been in that situation put up some protection measures for their body and their soul. Um, and now you're like, oh, <laughs> judging them for that. And, and you've never been through anything actually very scary. So those are the people I have a challenge with uh, who, who really preach inclusivity and love and equality. And then they're judging the people who have the fear and the need to put up boundaries. And it's like, everybody's got a different degree of those needs and if you're going to preach inclusivity you should be the last person to be judging everybody right so that one really throws me for a loop it's so easy to judge right i mean oh sure We've been judging since. Oh, that's look, our, yeah. Look at the, I mean, not to, to go into scripture, but just history. If, if you think there's any history in the Bible, but look how jealous and judgmental um, Cain was on Abel. Exactly. The first, yeah. They're, they, they were the closest to perfection as you could get. I mean, I'm talking like 99, 98.1% perfection. Like he, he took his sister as a bride and made a bunch of kids and they all came out kind of okay. That's how close to like perfection they were. And then, but I mean, that deep seated judgment or envy, or you could even say just toxicity. He yeah. saw Abel as a toxic person only because he he was his, jealous. Well, yeah, his sacrifice was better, and and Cain's wasn't, and so he's like, well, okay, well, I'll just take this rock and just <laughs> head open. It's like. <laughs> That escalated quickly as far as like perfect. I would have played like mind games and I mean, there could have been so many other ways. I would have manipulated, I would have been fantastic. I would have played this for, I don't know, maybe a decade just messing with them. Wow. Wow. Look at your lambs. They're doing real good. Uh huh. Oh, look at those. Wow. God really likes the lambs, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But you can't land chops and, and asparagus fight it and, you know, grow vegetables but i guess my vegetables suck (laughs) (laughs) well at the same time you have to also consider that story and you have to consider 
how logical that story is because yeah it's very logical that there is sibling rival rivalry because we have experienced it every family experiences it on the other hand um the fact that somebody uh took their sister and had babies with them and there weren't um reproductive issues or you know yeah some deformities and things because as we know that's that's a reality um incest doesn't always lead to to healthy babies so there are those things but i think the bible wasn't necessarily literal in every sense but it was illustrating many things right in in some cases maybe it was literal but also um we have to remember that the people that wrote those things wrote in different languages and now those languages are being interpreted and we don't know how well they're being interpreted so there are all all those things but ultimately the idea here that we're trying to express is that there is sibling rivalry and there are feelings such as jealousy and there are natural human tendencies which are very much animal instincts which are to survive and to reproduce Mm -hmm. and um those are probably the two two main ones and we exhibit those traits in interesting ways in a modern society. Well, they never, they never, never left our our genetic code. They're no. in us. Because why do we have it? Why do we get jealous of other people? Why do we? So whenever that went down, you know that genetic code was already written in with imperfection and then. And it was, yeah. just, it was just passed on and and passed on, but well, and we're in a human body, which is similar to an animal body, only in I mean in the in the ways that it can be harmed or destroyed. So those are natural instinctive things that keep us alive. We just aren't in this country maybe in other countries it's different i can think of a few but um we're not running into the need to physically defend ourselves or go into a stress response every time there just aren't many stress responses that we need to have i mean not me in my daily life you driving all day you might run into more of that because you're actually having to do defensive driving well yeah and i had that i had a conversation with brother about this and i told him i would conduct um like social experiments on myself i would i would like on my way home because when I'm in my work truck, of course, we're trained to do certain things to be, you know, defensive driving and, and all that. That's different. 
because you're in something that could really hurt somebody. But I started doing things on my own, like on the way home, I would get behind a car who's doing 60 and everybody else is passing me 70, 80. And I just, I wanted to observe. It was like a social studies experiment. And it, it kind of blew his mind, but I said, I would literally stay behind a car doing 60. They dropped to 55 even. I'd still stay behind that car, keeping three car length <laughs> distance because I just wanted to see how long it took for me to engage with, with the, the masses of trying to rush. And where are we rushing to? We're rushing to a stoplight that will... 89% be red. <laughs> and I've seen it over and over again. And I've literally watched a dozen cars cut each other off and all this road rage. And what happens is we pull up to the light and I pass every person who is either engaged in road rage or was cutting each other off or cut me off. And I just passed them really slow. And it wasn't just once it was over and over again. And <laughs> the stuff, it, it, it was just, it was a way for me to separate myself from the toxicity of, of humanity for a little bit. Like yeah. I have peace, I have control. I'm going to do this. I'm not agitated. I'm not part of the the toxic mass and I'm just going to chill. And I've done that for years now. On my way home. Now there's days, yeah, I I mean, I'll pass somebody and I'll get up to 85 in my truck and but I I I don't cut people off or anything like that. It's more of just observing and for me, like, I think my philosophy at this point is I'm barely holding on to the golden rule to treat others as they want you to, you know, you'd want yeah. you because with, with the way things are, that's just not going to happen. So I go a step above that and I just try to tell myself I'm just going to re remove myself from anything that's toxic and it's a lot of work it's hard it can be in conversations it can be in and it's not foolproof I, I'll, I'll unleash it guys in the morning because you're talking about grown men in their 50s just whining and crying and I call them out and I'm like, wow, you're a 50 year old man. And I just feel like you need your diaper changed. You know, it's kind of embarrassing. This dude, you're literally 50. You're whining, crying like a toddler in a playground because somebody's, somebody's taking your popsicle or your, yeah. you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. So it's just, but I just try not to engage and separate. And that has brought me a lot of peace. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. So that's kind of like, um, that's the same, it's the same concept 
as meditation for me where oh yeah i'm just oh, yeah. observing yeah connecting to my body connecting to my breath mm-hmm. feeling sitting in my body and understanding that nothing is actually happening to me right now right i can have all this external thinking Mm-hmm. And all these scenarios playing out in my mm. head <laughs> that I, I'm, I'm actually not experiencing. I'm making them nope. all up. And to just, it, it takes a lot of practice, like oh you said. It is but years. after a few years, and it does take years, um, it's funny to notice so now i'll have one of those it doesn't mean the thoughts don't stop they, oh, no. they still come in oh even um, the, the triggers still happen but it's it's funny how quickly i can pick up on like oh oh did i oh did you see that did you see mm-hmm. what you just did right there did you mm-hmm. see that negative thought about that person or that thing or about myself or or whatever do we need that no no that's not real that's just a thought and let it pass whereas most of my life was consumed by react by first of all making the thought up having the thought and then fully engaging my body and all of my thoughts in a reaction to that thought. And I cannot tell you how much more peace I have now that I realize, oh, oh, no, that's, that, that's fun. That's fun to see. Bye-bye. Go ahead. Pass through. <laughs> Last night, um, we we did zucchini because Ashley loves the fact that you sauteed zucchini, and oh. that just. Anyways, we've we've had it twice, and and she she does a really good job. She cuts it, sautes it. She's like, I just love the way Nana did the zucchini. It was so simple and so beautiful. I'm gonna do. It. I'm like, All right. and I oh. said, Well, might as well get chopped almonds. And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so anyways, we we were um, we got some salmon at Grocery Outlet. And it's like lobster, crab stuff, salmon. And anyways, it's in this concealed container. And so I cut the salmon out, blah, blah, blah. I, I put it on the, the pan, get ready to heat up. And we're passing each other and accidentally I either go to hug or whatever, but the edge of the container scrapes her arm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it leaves a mark and she goes, ow. And I'm like, well, your pain's my pain. So I take that container and I drag it across my, my chest <laughs> and Ashley flips. <laughs> that i just cringe when you do that oh my god you broke your skin and i'm like whoa 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 
no, I was just doing it because I did it to you. I want to, you know, I want you to know, like, it, it was an accident. Of course I know it was an accident. <laughs> Why the hell did you drag it across your chest? You're bleeding. I'm like, no, it doesn't even hurt. And it didn't even hurt. But, but the reactionary mind was, I caused you pain. And so it's as much in control as we think we try to be. Right. We're still kind of not because I just took that container and I knew the edge was sharp, hard and plastic. I just went, right. Yeah. And it happened probably faster than you could think about it. Yeah. And I still got the mark. It's no harm, no foul. But (laughs) Ashley just looked at me like, you freak. I'm like, well, once a masochist, always a masochist. (laughs) They slap myself in the garage. That's so true. I said, no, I haven't done that in a long time. And but it was just it's funny because you you work so hard to try to either get rid of toxicity or be in control of your emotions. And then but I didn't do it out of anger. I just did it because it was like, oh, I scratched me. I think I wanted to feel what it felt like. It may be. It was fun. I mean, and it was just and she's like, that makes my whole body cringe. I hate that. Well, and that's that's kind of the, like, the controlling. You get to a phase where you are trying to control your emotions and all this stuff. And then the next phase is, well, I'm going to accept these things are going to happen. And I'm just... I'm going to understand that I need to, this, that's, I think that's where I'm at right now. Uh, I just need to understand that I cannot control that and the emotions are going to happen. And I still don't need to engage with them and let them define my day or my personality. Right. I just watch them without judgment, which is so funny and challenging. It's also fun it gets to a point where it's fun where you're like oh I just did that and then I don't know it becomes a lot more comical when you realize that you don't have to be consumed by it and it can happen and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to mean anything yeah I don't think any type of any type of self-help you're going to do, whether it's, it could be through anybody, a guru or whatever, but when you actually apply it to yourself, it's just not going to be idealistic because we're so flawed that we're, we're trying to use a toothpick to break an iceberg. And it's just. Oh, I see it differently. I don't see it as flawed. I see it as, exactly what we're supposed to be where we're supposed to be right now so it's and like an ice pick to the iceberg instead of a i just see it as uh we're clay and we're learning and being molded and we don't need to i mean i've done a lot of intense work i like that so for me, it's, we're absolutely beautiful. 
exactly where we are. I mean, if we're harming people intentionally, we probably don't need to take that view. Yeah, a little <laughs> psychopathic. A little but I think most people are not doing that. So, um, no, I, th- I think ultimately we're absolutely beautiful exactly the way we are. I mean, when you when you look at a picture of a person versus when you are in person with a person, the image is so different, you know? Like, if you, if you are judging yourself on a moment, on a reaction, on one scenario, if you're over-evaluating what you've done or said in a moment, it's like looking at a snapshot of yourself, which is not the whole picture. It's not an animated. You can take a picture that has a really bad angle and you can look terrible in it. But when you're in, you can look, you can take a picture of somebody and they look like they're 300 pounds. And then you can be in person with the person and it's clear that they're nowhere near that just because of an angle. So I don't think when we're looking at ourselves, we should be taking those one things. We tend to focus on one thing that I did here and one thing that I did there. And it's always a different thing and it can move and shift, but we're not looking at ourselves as a whole. And the whole person has learned and changed and done exponentially better over time than they did at the beginning of their life. At, when you're talking about a normal person who's not like, like a, not a ser- serial killer or something, but sorry, I'm just taking my pills. <laughs> Edit this. What? Okay. I I have to. It's nine, nine ten. It is. Okay. Good to go. Yeah. So I just think we've been conditioned to judge ourselves really harshly. Yeah. I think. I think. If before, like COVID, because I've noticed a change, not a slight change, but I think just the past two years with everything being told what we, you know, have to wear masks and we have to do this, we have to do that and working from home. And I think it's made a lot of people more self-absorbed um maybe even borderline narcissistic um just in general not saying people who work from home are like that but just i don't know general population it's if because a lot of people just 
whether they were scared or whatever to go out and mingle, but there's, there's been a social change. I've seen it on my routes. Like, and just on how people have transformed and maybe not to a huge degree, but. I guess I see what you're saying. Like, I don't get out much because, you know, I work in my house. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I, there was, there was a period where, and it was mostly the elderly and it was fascinating to me, the behavior that I've never seen before, but during COVID I would pull up to the house and I'd literally be dumping the toter. And I swear to God, elderly person, meaning like 70 or older would come running out with the smallest little bag of trash. And I would dump the toter and they're like, can you take this? And I, I'm like, uh, sure. And they put it in and I dump it and I, I tell me I'm going to be back next week. You know, garbage uh, picked up. I will be here. I just, I don't know. You never know. I went, Oh my God. And then for a while I was coming home and telling Ashley like, geez, now they're waiting for me to pull up to the house and then they they're telling me to stop like hold Mm -hmm. on as i grab the toter with my claw right yeah they have this tiniest little bag i have to put this in there and i'm like okay and they put it in and i dump it and they're like thank you i said what are you gonna do when you have to put another little bag in and i'm not here and they just stared at me. I realized, okay, we're not going to say that again. Because <laughs> I had well, to get... Were something. they just waiting for a person to be around to talk Either to? That or they were just... A lot of the times I felt like they wanted to control when I dumped the toter. That's how I felt. Oh. Like they wanted to say no, no. Oh yes. Okay. I see what you're saying. And I dumped the toter. Oh, that is very much something that I have observed. Okay. And I said, I will be back next week. You know my face. Yeah. Like we're we're contractually obligated to be back. I'm gonna be here next week. It it's but it was over and over and it was all demographics, whether it was a really rich area, although it was more prominent in the rich areas. And pretty soon I just, I got used to it. Like just, I'd pull up to the house, grab the toter, garage door would open. I just stop what I'm doing. They would come running out. Like I was never going to be there again. Panicked. I got to put this in and it's just a tiniest little bag. I'm like, go ahead, (laughs) go ahead. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. And then they put it in and I dumped the toter and I'd set it and I'd be like, good luck with that. Oh, <laughs> so. wow. <clears throat> but that's, I, I don't know. I think that's a small element, but I think. I, there was 
definitely a control I mean there has been and still is like I had a number of clients that all of a sudden got very paranoid that we were just not doing our job and wanting to control how the financials came out and it was like no that's you don't get to control that but they are what they are um, you spend what you spend um, you make what you make so and then but they, there were a lot of extra questions like you're messing this up you're messing that up and we're like no no everything's the same and but just their fear I think about possibly losing income from their clients their fear about just the economic situation the prices changing the and of course I raised my rates everybody else has raised their rates because Mm -hmm. of inflation and people being like well you're gonna raise your rates and it's like why are you questioning me are you gonna question the person at the chevron Um, and just that has been just annoying it's been really annoying more than annoying just overly stressful like why are you making my life harder like you didn't communicate with me for years you haven't answered my questions in years and now all of a sudden you have a problem with us asking questions that you have never responded to before. And you have a problem with our rates and you have a problem with your financial statements. And you have, and none of it was based on any reality. It was just based on fear. Just, just like the same thing happens with investments. Uh, like oh, yeah. their investment portfolios. They do that to their financial advisors. Uh-huh. And their stockbrokers and their they watch the news, they hear some doom and gloom, uh-huh. and then they're like, Oh my god, things have changed and I need to have a reaction and it's just like or you could just not watch the news and you wouldn't have to have a reaction, actually. You could just stay the course. You've already picked what you know is logical and makes sense, and it still does. I mean, if an industry has changed so drastically that you need to change your investments, by all means, make a conscious, well-researched decision. But the rest of this stuff, stop watching the freaking news and having an emotional reaction. The emotional reaction has been planned for you. Uh And you don't need to engage with it. That's a choice. I watched my... Well, I I didn't watch it. I checked it in my 401k. I think I checked it in December of last year. And I think it was like at 115,000. And I'm like, yes, because I've only been at Waste Management nine years. 
And I think that's pretty good for nine years. Yeah. But I chose my investments, all that. And then I watched it drop to 90. So, you know, lost 25 grand. And I went, okay, I'm not looking at that again. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just happened to mention something to Ashley about her IRA that we set up started with $300 and I think hers is up to like eight or nine grand, something like that. It's nothing big, but it's something and it dropped. And then I started watching the S and P more and more because we buy hers with through ETFs because it's just, it's easier, more convenient, less fees. Yeah. Um, and then I'd watch it dip to a low and then I'd set a reminder and I said, babe, you have to buy a share. And she goes, but it's so low. I said, buy a share now, please. Yeah. You buy it when it's low. And then we just, we've, we've kept buying and I'm still putting in 11% of, you know, my check, but it's, it's, it's how just the market always goes. It just it, it goes down and it goes back up and exactly and well similar with my friend she she checked her 401k and then next day the news said it's dropped and so she checked it that day and of course it had well, dropped and I was mm-hmm. like why would you do that no. do not look at it that day why would you do that the news already said that so just stay out of it mm-hmm. but also remember if the whole financial system is falling apart and everything that you've put into it is lost it doesn't matter if you have money in the bank or money there um if if that all happens our currency will have no value at all. Yep. So whether you have cash or anything else won't matter. And that would take a seriously catastrophic thing. Yeah. Which, you know, who knows? It can, it can happen. We, we've got all the things going on, but all of the things have always been going on to an extent. And they keep going on because like you it's, brought, you brought up fear. Mm-hmm. And I think that the media working with, and that not to bring politics into it, but like if 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 the left needs to stay where they are, then they need because the media is very left leaning. Yes. Um. So it's just it's all fear propaganda until until it isn't like every every term has its time and terms end and things change and they get I mean look at 2008 2009 uh, people lost half their 401ks because those 401ks were vested in unsecured mortgage backing right and all that. And so people just, I know personally, people who lost, they had 450000 They checked it and they had two hundred. dollars That's $250,000, like, overnight. That is catastrophic. Totally. Totally. And 
for Ashley and I, I tell her, I these investments, they're they're just for like yeah, we want to plan for our retirement, but the for us the biggest thing is just having a low mortgage or good percentage rates and then but if it like you said if it if it all just goes and it goes what there what can you do at that point nobody has any more money than anybody else and there's no advantage and it's not likely to happen but if it does okay we have it we come up with a new system of managing finances and and i i tell you what what helps me sleep at night and and it's just how things are gonna go and i don't i don't know because nobody knows but there isn't supposed to be another world power it's just it's just supposed to be the united states and the UK, according to Bible prophecy. Now, if China invades and becomes a world power, uh, huh, that'll be interesting because, you know, puts well, some into perspective. But for me, what, what helps me just, like you said, I, I think they string us along they use fear tactics and I think they use it for political gain as long as they can. And they like stretch, they stretch that string until it's right at that breaking point And then something else happens. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with just what is selling. So if everybody is consuming stories about, the Russia-Ukraine war, they're going to keep reporting on that. Oh, if no. everybody is consuming stories about COVID, they're going to keep reporting no, no. on that. But they're also definitely skewing it their way Absolutely. to, to um, sell vaccines, for example. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and to sell whatever product uh-huh. is most profitable for them. Um, and that can be financial products, investments. It, it's funny how how news can be so prominent in one specific genre, whether it's um, everyone's against the Democrats or everyone, you know, generally it's it's politically motivated. But what they can do is swing it to where like today, there was absolutely no news except for the midterms. And there was like a school shooting in Seattle. That nothing was brought up on that. Interesting. Wasn't, wasn't reported. It's just, I think, I think we're fed what we're supposed to be fed mm-hmm. to either agitate or to distract well it's it's meant to um mold our purchasing behavior overall hmm. and we and are then, this week or i'm no i'm going tomorrow actually 
That'll be <laughs> to where? Costco. <laughs> yes. So it's no ads. To, for sure to mold our purchasing behavior, also our voting behavior. But our voting behavior is largely motivated by our purchasing behavior. Mm. So if you think about the way humans survive, we survive on what we consume. And that is clean water, clean air, clean food. And anybody who tells us that they're going to provide that, our brain is just wired to believe that, depending on, you know, how the message is presented. Well, as long as so... India. <laughs> we are going to get clean water from the Euphrates. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, yes, we're going to bottle it. It's going to be clear. I don't think it's going to be clear. I think it's going to be really brown. I think there's going to be feces and tampon applicators in it. No, no, no. I tell you what, 30% may have that in it. Maybe 50. Clean water coming. Well, I mean, the funny thing about India is that they have kind of a lot of better culture than we do as far as their... Oh, everybody has a better culture. Their their quality of life. like. They just, because my employees live in India, and they are much happier people than we are. Like, I have learned so much from them, just learning to slow down, stop rushing everybody, stop being so intense and forceful, Mm -hmm. um, learning to uh, take time and appreciate life, have an actual life outside of work. Like just their example to me has taught me that in addition to, so I'm doing all this spirituality research and all this meditation, et cetera. But by working with them and communicating with them, it's, they're like a living, breathing example of what all that stuff means and their value is of their life and of their family and of their connections and of their joy not their possessions and how much money they make and how stressed they are like I think one of the major lessons I've learned from them is that my stress level is not impressive to them they are not impressed by how stressed I am they so from that I just learned like that sends me so many messages about the way I value my existence like why would I think that being stressed is valuable to anyone but in America our culture does teach us that being stressed and overworking makes you a more productive member of society and makes you worthy. It doesn't. It's a lie. And so it's really something that I've always, that's one of the reasons I've always wanted to travel all over the world. I didn't know that was one of the reasons. Yeah. Now I know that. 
but this nonsense that we've been fed that we are unworthy of life unless we're stressed out and overproductive it's a lie yeah and we don't need to believe it well i think it it comes with the the caveat of in order to be successful in order to have things you know these material possessions that you need to push yourself you know to to limits more than either you can handle or that you're comfortable with handling or that just stress you out but and that's painting with a with a broad brush because I know you have more stress than I do, but it's not like I don't have any stress. I don't know. I have a lot less stress now because I realized I don't have to have that. Yeah. I, I'm, my success is not dependent on me being stre- stressed. I used to actually unconsciously believe that. You didn't. Yeah, when we visited, you didn't seem stressed. And I was trying to, like, pick up on that, if you were. Like, as far as what we could do or... Yeah, I let go of a lot of bullshit. Like, a lot of stuff that I believe that I need to do all the time, every day. I'm like, no, I really don't. And I was maybe a little envious because <laughs> like that big of a house and all I kept thinking of is, oh my God, our house we have now could fit in your backyard. All that, you know. And the funny thing is I think financially you guys might be better off than I am, honestly. But um, I just don't, I, I don't, that's not defining me anymore I don't care it's not that I don't I don't it doesn't consume me anymore like I understand that money flows it flows in oh yeah and it's fine I don't like even after we we bought my truck it was I think four months later and Ashley went through the numbers and the numbers and the numbers and and all that. And I think I told this to you and I had a panic attack on the way to work. Like, I was just started freaking out. And like I had to Marco Polo her and say, you know, told her, you know, had panic attack and all that and blah, blah, blah. And she just set things straight, but we just, we don't need, I think there's different types of people who need things, you know, and mm-hmm. we don't, I don't really care. I just, I want to be able to go and buy groceries and then, you know, just get through the week and get through the next week. And Yeah, well, I mean, I like. I want to travel. 
I love to go on trips. And that's nice probably really trips. good. It's something that is necessary for me to stay sane. And I do it. And even if the numbers don't add up, I do it anyway. And it still seems to be fine. I mean, I don't sit there and like do the math and be like, can I do this? I say to myself, oh. this is what I need <laughs> and I'm doing it. Yeah, that's different. And so it's going to work and it does. Yeah. And it is different. I know that that's different, but I don't like consciously go out and be like, this is how I'm going to make this happen. I'm just like, I'm doing this. This is what I need. If I'm going to keep going every day, this is how I'm going to do it. And I need peace and I need happiness and I need fulfillment. And however that works out, you know, I pray, I meditate, and it just freaking falls together. I think. I mean, <laughs> I can't say that that's how it should be for all. Like, oh, it's not. It is not for us. That would it, not. Fun. I just don't know. <laughs> but. And and Kevin hates it. It's not his thing. He doesn't like it. But I just don't involve him in it. I just, he's just not a factor that I consider. <laughs> if it's, if it's, if it's therapeutic for you and it helps you and it gives you a break, I think that's just necessary. Yeah. You know, like um, Ashley and I, we when we went up to Oregon two months ago, um, I don't know if I showed you the videos of the place. I don't think so. But it was literally on the ocean, and it's this little private, tiny resort. It's not even a resort. It's basically has four cottages. Mm, you might and, have. And you're 10 to 15 miles from any source of food. There's no grub hub. There's no nothing. And it comes with the full kitchen. And it's it's the first vacation we took where like we had to bring our food and cook it and grill and like but but I was I was okay with that once we got like the menus down and all that and yeah, but you love cooking. Like, if that's all you have to do is, like, a creative expression of cooking something that is delicious in exactly the way you want it, that is therapeutic to me. Yeah, I felt, I just, I made a homemade pizza tonight, and then I did homemade chicken wings. Oh. All before Ashley got home, I had it all prepped, and and just... But it is. It's therapy. Once I start doing it, I... Because it's fun to experiment with flavors. And... Oh, yeah. And I did. It was... She's like, this is the best pizza we... Oh, you ever made? <laughs> I said, babe, I haven't made a pizza. You've made the pizzas <laughs> since we started making pizza. I'm doing the wings or, I don't know, peeing outside. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. So that's just like, I don't know. That's, that's awesome. 
Yeah, but at the, the same point, it was very stressful. Like I almost, almost didn't want to go on it a week before or two weeks mm. before. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, we got to buy an Abachi. And then, oh, oh yeah. Out. Yeah, like, I see. Marinate meat. And we got to come up with sides. Because there's no store right nope. around there. And then, yeah. That's a lot of planning. And I'm bagels. not into that. Yeah. So it's just. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So I probably got five minutes. Oh, yeah. My yeah. phone literally going to die. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but the fact that I. We did it, and then we said, well, there's a tiny-ass TV and really not much else to do. So we we brought cards, so we played cards, and I, it, it turned out to be a, a different experience. So if, if, you, can, if you can go on, on trips and you come back better than you were or they just well yeah like when we went to nick's brother's place like oh yeah i wasn't on my phone for right a solid 10 days like no electronics at all i couldn't even really check on the business so and I hope I I hope I notified my employees. Sometimes I notify them. Sometimes I don't. Oh dear! Which is just terrible. I should notify them. But when I do, they're so good with it, and they're like, "Oh, have a great time." And uh, but it was. I have to have that. I cannot be attached to a computer every day anymore. I used to be able to do that. I used to be on a computer all day, probably six days a week, solid eight to 10 hours a day. Um, and I just can't anymore. I'm burnt out on that. So I check in with my employees and whatever they need. I help them with, and then I get off as soon as I can because I just can't sit in front of that screen anymore. Yeah, I don't know. And, how does it? It's probably why she gets so many headaches. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, and if you didn't grow up with it, you do get oh, she headaches because of the um, your eyes and how close you are to it and the brightness. You can adjust those things. Like I've learned to adjust them. And I used to get headaches. I don't anymore. But I also don't sit in front of my computer all day anymore. I just feel like that's really unhealthy. Oh, it's very unhealthy. And even like I'm trying to write this book. And I I feel like I just need to hand write it at this point. Because I cannot always turn on that screen it's just so off-putting 
for me now. Yeah, we she bought herself glasses that are supposed to block like the blue light thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's that. It's just like the energy of sitting there and and all of the things that can happen on it and all of the ways you can be consumed by those things and all of the ways that none of that is actually real. Like you are not you are engaging in this big fake universe that is real but it's not in your actual environment and it's not actually affecting your body like if you get up and you walk outside and you feel the sunshine and you feel the wind you know that you're alive but if you sit behind that computer you can be completely consumed by it and not even realize it yeah and I think I'm well, I can say, like, during the summer, it was fun because we would either sit outside, I would barbecue, have dinner, or we'd go up to the lake, like, on Wednesday and Saturdays. But now that we get into summer, it's like she's she sits in front of that screen all day. And then we come home, we cook dinner, and then we watch TV. Yeah. And see, for me, it's like, I need to go soak. I need to be outside. And I tell her, well, why don't you come outside and soak? She's like, no, I don't really want to. And just. You get into a pattern where you're just so stuck in front of it. Yeah. I'll have to break that. But I'm going to have to brush my teeth and go to bed. All right. Yep. It's pretty late. All right. Well, late for me. <laughs> I get up at four in the morning, man. I know. So, our, next, our next conversation, we'll have to give a little background about who we are. I think that would be good. Yeah. That'll be good fun. <laughs> 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 Super fun. Yeah. Uh, but doable. Doable. Well, I I enjoyed this. This was fun. Me too. It is fun. fun. Editing. I don't. I'm just going to warn you, though. I told you at the beginning, I won't put in the effort to edit. So. No, it's too much work. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just fun to talk. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Love you. I love you too. We'll talk next Tuesday. At eight. Well, yeah, we could do eight. Maybe eight. I don't know. Eight thirty. Yeah. You're the one with. You're the one with the kitties. So. Yeah. They. They. You're still coming out. Oh until dear. Until eight thirty. Benadryl. No. <laughs> no. 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 I don't no. condone. I drug them with electronics, iPads. Whatever works. Same thing, you know. Like I I tell Kaylee, as long as Grayson's eating, it just doesn't matter. He's taking carbs or whatever, starch, but his tummy's full. We ate Doritos growing up and we are fine. There's kids in Africa trying to eat mud 
So I yes. think I think we're doing okay. We're okay. Yeah, this could definitely not be syndicated. Okay. okay. Be a lot of editing. So do I push leave recording or do you? No, I I do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I love you, Nana. Love you too. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.